Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My Mind. I always love it when we we have our um, we just catch up in general before we do recordings. So um, we are about forty minutes into our scheduled uh, time to record, and we just finally have started just because we have so much to talk about. That is correct. Um, Which is funny because is, we talk throughout every week. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if it's not, if it's not every day, it's every other day. There's yeah. and and really, it's it could be texting, it could be talking yeah. on here, it could be on the. Phone. I got to get a new phone but number. It, yeah, you do. Yeah. But but it's also funny how um, we will have been talking on a subject, relatively benign one, but we're laughing. And then, Jason, you're like, okay, we're ready to record. And we're both trying to keep, and you'll make faces and you count down yep. to release. And I'm here, you know, you know, laughing until you hit the button. And now I have to go into... And pretend know. to be serious, right? Yeah, pretend to be serious. Right. But th- that being said... Um, we can finally um, talk about the fact that we have hit episode 46. Yes, we have. Um, we're f- hitting our stride. Yeah. And we've mentioned that a couple of times. And so for those of you who have yet to understand what that's from, that's from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Catch up, people. Um, yeah. So it's a, you'll, you'll see it. There's actually a, a young actor um, who plays mm-hmm. a character called Podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and it was kind of a theme that came up where he's like, I really hit my stride in episode 46. So, yeah, you had warned me about that. And I went to that scene with, with him, with podcast and then Dan Aykroyd's character. And, and, yeah. oh man, was that funny? You had warned me because you had seen the movie about a week before I had. And yeah. I went with my parents and my girls and my brother and his three kids. And I knew at some point something was coming because you had been, you didn't want to give me a spoiler, but you had said, watch, pay attention to this. And we get to the scene and I burst out laughing. And my brother looks over at me like, watch. And I'm like, I'll tell you later. And that was, that was hilarious. So yes. So whoever is our one subscriber, thank you. Yes. Yes. I thought we were up to five. So, well, yeah, but it, it, Oh, subscribers. Yeah, no, no. I thought we had, well, I guess we do listeners count by subscribers. No, no, we do. But I was making a joke because of the scene from the movie. Oh, way to, way to really carry that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, so clearly as our listeners can tell everybody, uh, we have hit our stride. Yeah. There was a time in the beginning of our first year of the podcast when we would actually prep our discussions. Clearly that ship sailed a long ago. Oh, long ago. Long ago. That's up. That's yeah. on the other side of the world now. But, so, but, but seriously. I think, but I think we, we've gotten into, mm-hmm. we, we scripted because we didn't know how what? the recordings yep. would sound and yep. how, because when we interact, it's, um, we're even more casual than yep. we are here. Right. And so I think we, because we had to up our ante mm-hmm. and leave some of our, our humor behind we scripted to make sure that we knew because in effect right. we were manufacturing discussion yeah. that we felt we that's hadn't right. done before, and, which was and, actually incorrect. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And I mean, you obviously as, as, as our skills have grown around this one hopes and as the podcast has matured, um, you know, we haven't had the need to do that to the same extent because we have our banter 
right? We have our repartee, as it were. But but in all seriousness, you like you and I. One of the reasons we we didn't record for the first literally exactly forty minutes of our chat was because uh, we were spending time talking about what specifically we wanted to talk about for the episode, right? Just really really finalizing the plans that. Uh, that had been in process. And so here we are, episode 46. Uh, well, last to, last and, week was a year. Yeah, and you, you, we have a document where you track very clearly kind of our episode structure. So oh, yeah. we, we, we knew what the topic was going to be, but we kind of start talking about some of these items and then we realize, okay, stop, we need to record because yeah. we've already was, lost a couple of minutes of material after we do it. Right. So yeah, so we've, we've hit our stride. Um, obviously we just had our, our, you know, first year, our anniversary episode. Seriously. Did you ever, I know we talked about this last week, but looking back and now we're we're in year two of the podcast. That's surreal. Did you ever think we would have so many episodes or any listeners? Um, to be perfectly honest with you. Yes. Um, And, and why? Because we talk all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured you put more work into this than I do just because you do all the production work. Um, mm-hmm. And some episodes need more production work than others. Just be, And it's not a... It's That's not, just how it is. Yeah, it's just how it is. It's not a intended on any specific person. It's just sometimes the audio needs a little fixing. And mm-hmm. um, I'm talking and waving my head around and the mic yep. kind of goes in and out. And so... Um, but I figured we would because we both know we have plenty to talk about. The yeah. only thing I wondered about when we started it was I knew it was going to transform from what our original intent was in terms of the format. I had yeah. no idea what it was going to be. I just yeah. figured we would mature and yeah. things would yeah. kind of go into a flow. I had no expectation that we would be doing the interviews with such gracious and, and creative people. Uh, none whatsoever. And, you know, that is fair, Brad, because in all fairness, in all honesty, yes, I thought, I thought eventually this podcast would catch on, would, would slowly, slowly get a following. We, and I, we, you and I talked about this from day one and thank you to everyone out there because it has, and it continues. Um, uh, that said, we were doing this monthly and we weren't sure that we could work that into our schedule. And so I thought, okay, if we can get a dozen out in the first year, that's optimistic, but that rocks. We got 44 out in the first year, 45, depending on how you want to you know, measure it. Um, we're on 46. And actually on that note, then we want to kind of look back a bit, but not in a retrospective way. But before you just just put that in perspective, that's out of mm-hmm. fifty two weeks, and that's so forty five to forty six episodes. Yeah. yeah, out of fifty two weeks. So there was a couple of weeks, obviously, where we were in that monthly format. Yeah, um, but yeah. and and weekly format was as much about finding these people who are willing to sit and talk with us. Yep, and two, finding out that we can actually have, you know in effect, almost ad lib type discussions. We don't script what we're going to say. We have a topic and we go from there. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and so being able to do this with only about six of the weeks where we weren't doing it weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Or releasing weekly Uh is 
let's be honest. It's, it's, I think for us selfishly, it's impressive just because um, we know none of our friends and family have any idea what we're doing, nor do they mostly care, except maybe Eric. Thank you, Eric. Yes. Um, but that's a sympathy yeah. lesson. Oh, and we Scott. Yeah. It. Scott. And Scott. Scott that's, and Thanks, so does Scott. Brian. Yep. You Brian know, does too. Friendship and obligation often go hand in hand. We appreciate it, guys. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, man, yeah, that's so. That's so true. I just, I'm, I'm stuck there for a moment. Um, and it's funny because you and I, and we've talked about this, you and I are outside of the podcast are busier now than we've ever been, which is, which is in all honesty, really saying something. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but this is, you know, this is a joy and this has been worth it. No, I was I just going to say, oh. you know, we have those, we have those days, even, even today, things were so hectic earlier mm-hmm. in the day. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to have the energy. And then I look at this, like, okay, this is actually like relaxing. Yes. For yes. Me because yep, we are talking about work. We're talking about something that we have a passion about. And when we do interviews, we're talking with people who publish just or create really creative music. Just yeah. The people that have um, their material has um, affected us positively in one way or another. Yeah. You know, that's a perfect segue, my friend. The material that has affected us positively. So um, let's, let's look back. Let's do our time machine thing here. Um, there's a reason we titled this episode Jen Wesley. Let's go back to the 80s. You and I, as we assume are many of our listeners, children of the 80s. We were born in the 70s. We came of age in the 80s. And so much happened in the 80s relevant to RPGs, especially tabletop RPGs, to actually so much of so many of the really beautiful positive things we have in terms of fiction and recreation, but also real forward thinking. A few examples, and then we can just choose which ones and we can riff off of them. So D&D, you know, was invented, uh, created by, by Gygax and Arneson in the 70s, but I think it's really fair to say it was in the 80s, early 80s, when it really took off, when it gained traction, really began to change the world. And then, I mean, literally within its first years, began to become emulated. And not just in the fantasy tabletop genre, but look at the spinoffs of sci-fi, right? I think it's fair to say we would have never had the West End Games uh, uh, Star Wars D6 based game of the late 80s, early 90s, had it not been for D&D and some other precursors, right? So there's, there's one element. Look at the sci-fi and fiction films and novels that came out. I mean, oh, big time. I mean, Star Wars, yes, 77 right? Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, 79 and on and on. But you look at the eighties and the, 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 the genres during the eighties. And I mean, list a major groundbreaking film in any of those related, loosely related genres. And there is a far better than 50% chance it came out right 
in the 80s. Let me let me just say one more thing here. Blade, because, Blade Runner. Like, oh my Blade God. Runner, I, yeah. Blade Runner, Flash Gordon, as dumb as it was, still. Oh, I loved that movie. Right. Yes. The Star Wars films, the start of the Star Trek films. The um, Crazy Dune episode, the Crazy Dune uh, release. Do, do, you know. Conan. Yep. I mean, the, the, literally the Ghostbusters. Do we already say that? We already said no. that. Well, oh, I, no, no, no. Yeah. Early, earlier. Uh, Back yeah. to the Future. I mean, the so much of modern popular culture and hence broader society still comes out of the 80s. And there are two reasons for that. One, it's because so much of society is basically now, and, and I'm going to say this for the first time in my life, and then you and I will deal with the existential depth of it later so much of modern society now increasingly rests on our generation this is gen x we are we are the generation in charge right now in the lead for better and worse okay but but a couple more things here nasa right as it's been said the best brand of america nasa 81 when the challenge when the the Columbia first launched and you had all those up missions. John Glenn yes, flew again, good. Bill Nelson, the, uh, the, who is now a Senator, U S Senator, long, longstanding yep. Senator. Yep. You had Jake Garn, who was a Congressman who was in space. Yep. Space became more mainstream. Then Excellent. you had the challenger accident. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and ISS didn't get into orbit yet, but it was supposed to, it was being planned and this construction had started. So eighties, Apollo was a very recent memory. Yeah. Very recent, right? Apollo uh, four, uh, sorry, Apollo 17 and 73, right? Yeah. Uh, very recent memory. The shuttle was remarkable technology, right? And then you had things like uh, offshoots or not offshoots, but related asides like the SR-71 Blackbird. Uh, Scout, Scott, shout out to you. Totally agree. It remains the most gorgeous aircraft ever built oh, yeah. and designed and flown. Um, yeah. But all don't of this forget, was... like the so- the Soviet shuttle. The Soviets had the Buran that tried, right, tried very to build which their never own. launched, right? Yeah. But all of the but the the Vostok and Soyuz capsules, right? And then closer to home, the sheer brilliance of Epcot in its heyday oh. when it was new. If you're a kid of the '80s and you went to Epcot. In the 80s, I, I still am literally getting goosebumps because going through Spaceship Earth, going through World of Motion and seeing the future there was formative in my development. You know what else? In the 80s, a book came out and I apologize because I don't remember the name of the author offhand. I believe it was the only book she ever published. The Kids Whole Future Catalog. I oh, still... Wow. I and I still at 47, I still pull that off the shelf every few years to flip through it because it was that optimistic and it was that far seeing. And that's the point. The 80s, I think, and I think we agree on this, Brad, the 80s were an age, our age of looking to the future, an age of optimism, an age that through science, technology, through through society, there were no limits. And the world we play in now today at and away from the table is 
the world the 80s created. No different than the MacBook Pro on my desk I'm using to record this on my end is a long-term offshoot of the 2E enhanced with 128K that we had in the 80s in our kitchen. Well, and, and remember in January 28th, I think 1984 is when the Mac released. Nice. So, yes. you know, um, but a couple items, one, um, it would be an interesting, I don't think we'd be able to get to everything that we want to talk about oh, in a long no. episode again, but you now see we're in a, we're in a world now that has been very negative for quite a while. Yep. And not just because of pandemics and terrible wars and things that <clears throat> are on the TV. Negative now. polarized backward looking, not forward looking. Yeah. And, and as much as we'd like to say we've become more enlightened when it comes mm-hmm. to DEI diversity, include, you know, equity inclusion, mm-hmm. let's be honest. I think people are more polarized about that, that, you know, there are more people that are, um, what is the term sympathetic and, and understand and are, are willing to be open about it. But I think the people that remain, unfortunately, and, and, and I'm sorry to say if you're one of them, but are become much more uh, polarized and mm-hmm. resistant to it. So, but, you look, and I think the eighties people look back on it, especially the younger generations. Mm-hmm. And I think they see it through rose colored glasses. They see it in a positive way. And why? Because there is a lot of things coming out here that are really based off of the eighties. And I'll give you just a couple examples, like pop culture wise. Um, one um, kids now are just beating each other up for air Jordans. They don't have any idea so who strange. Michael Jordan is. Yeah, so you know? strange. Just surreal. And I won't get into the whole shoe thing, but but shoes are a big deal. Just like they were when we were kids at Reebok and Jordans and such. They have gone retro. Again, they don't know who Michael Jordan is. I know you might not either, but he was a basketball player. Yeah, I'm all um, about the sports ball. You know that. Okay, I know. That's why I wanted to remind you anyway. Thanks. Um, you know, I've noticed kids with a lot of the shredded jeans. Oh, that were popular. My older and daughter so, wears them all the time. I'm like, you know, back in my day, well, we so actually wore our for, jeans to shred them. Yeah, and here's here's where I date. I'll date myself. So my daughter wears them, and I said, you know, I used to see these on TV when I was a teenager, when I was about your age. And she goes, no. And I'm like, yeah. So I pulled out the uh, video for Def Leppard's "Pour Some Sugar on Me," where Joe oh, Elliott's hilarious. jeans were completely shredded, and um, I she was you know she was a bit shocked at that <laughs> you're seeing i think stranger things obviously is oh. a, a pop culture show based in the 80s i think if you even listen to music i don't think music is is as creative as it was in the 80s but there are creative you know artists. i i will okay so two two notes on that no pun intended first bob deserve better second uh i disagree well let me rephrase that i'm talking pop I just I I disagree. Okay. Uh, I think I think in our forties, firmly ensconced in the, the middle age of our development of our lives, uh, that's the same thing that our parents would have said. And I think, yeah. Hold on, well, hold on. Okay. I okay. I th- there's a reality. Literally every generation, literally every generation insists that their music was the best 
I don't think we can say it was the best. I think we can say it was our music and it's our favorite and it resonated with us. I, I you know, that's, I see, I think you're interpreting me or I'm not, inter- I'm not linking it correctly. I'm not saying our music was more creative than their music. What I'm saying is pop culture wise from a perspective, if, if um, ignoring the fact that I prefer certain types of music that the kids don't these days, right, right. my daughter does a good job of educating me on music. When we get in my car, my car is CarPlay. She'll yep. plug her phone in and play newer right. stuff. There right. are great, you know, if you look you at- You mean like weekend, from the 90s? Well, actually even clo- later than that, from like oh. the 2020s, um, which is 40 years later. Let's yep. be honest here. Yep. So she pulls out artists like The Weeknd, who I think is extraordinarily creative. You bring out someone like Dua Lipa that they both do a lot of, in effect, um, sampling of stuff in the 80s. There's you listen and you can hear the you can the hear themes, the, echo. the disco. Yeah, you, know, you can hear there is a, echoes, there's an yeah. echo. There's mm-hmm. a lot of echoes. And even I've been seeing um, like if you remember, like the the neon tights and the ligand. Oh, just the whole and, the whole big hair thing. Uh, yeah, that not our best moment in the 80s, but it was a thing. No. But I think that's probably probably a great cause of the ozone issues was the over the very good right? usage. Right. Yeah, you you knew when Bon Jovi and Metallica cut their hair that times had changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could look at look at a video from those groups or like a Def Leppard or someone or uh, White Lion or Firehouse. Yeah. Look at their videos from ninety one, yeah. and then look at their videos from ninety five, and you you, yeah. you can tell. But be careful because you know, if you listen to music from the eighties, rhythm is going to get you. So just be careful. Oh, yes. Which reminds me, after this, I got to hop down to Electric Avenue. So. Oh, good. But I'm not going to be your fetus and I'm not going to be your fire. Okay. I don't remember that. I don't know what that one is, but (laughs) I I don't know what that one is. I might have taken a little liberty with that one. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember a song talking about fetuses, but that just might interest me. They may have said Venus, but my headcanon is different. Oh, Bananarama. <laughs> Bananarama. Speaking of headcanon, yeah. um, let's... I want to I I I go, go back to D&D, if you don't mind. For a oh, yeah, good. Okay, good. let's go there. Because um, I got my basic red box set. Yeah. The ba- beginner set in 86. Yep. See? Late 85, 86, if I recall correctly. That was my first exposure to original OSR dungeons and dragons um and you know i remember there was a solo adventure you could play in it so i played that over and over changing items and doing things i was dying to go to the toys r us if you folks remember those they just went under a couple years ago trying to find the master set the blue box so i could play up to you know from fifth level up to i think it was eighth level um you know it it just to me, and remember too, this was also the decade where um, they thought D and D was corrupting youth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yep. and and you know the the origin of a lot of the players, not all of them, because there are younger players that are, but some of the older players that are celebrities, like a Vin Diesel or so on, also played it during that generation as well. Oh, yeah. You know. Absolutely. I mean, you 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 look at you look at who's writing now. I mean, look at look at our interviews. 
right? But you look at who's writing behind so many of the franchises, both in and beyond RPGs. And so many are of the 80s. And, and then, of course, I mean, there, there are more and there are younger as there should be, right? There are definitely, definitely next generation of writers are coming out. But you look at who is helming this stuff. It's our generation. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If, if you had told me at 12 that we'd be playing video games at 48 or we'd be playing board, uh, you know, role-playing tabletop games yeah. in our 40s and 50s, yeah. um, that would have been kind of creepy to me because, you know. I would have thought, huh, sounds play. on brand. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, whatever floats your boat. But yeah. Um, but Not that know, I've played a video game it. in a long, long, long time. No, but, but you know, but let's yes. be honest. The consoles now are of a cost that if the kids want one, they're usually going to someone our age to buy it. Mm-hmm. And then we tend to play it. The games have become more mature. This isn't the age oh. of Dragon's, Dragon's Lair or Cubert. I could never get that to work, though. Dragon's Lair, though. I love Cubert. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean? The games yeah. are yep. so yep. much more realistic and mature. They are oh, written man. for people that are in their 20s and above including us because we are still at the higher end of the income scale my 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 nephews have definitely helped me to appreciate assassin's creed yeah because it's so immersive we're the first generation that still plays games into their 40s and i'm not talking peanut or cribbage because we're the first generation who ever could yeah i mean we are the computer generation right we we you know, in our in our mid 40s we came along right it was the people who are now in their really in their 60s 50s and 60s more like 60s who developed the original right the og tech if you will but yep. but when we're talking personal computers consoles things like that um but, but man, it's like on my shelf, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. On my shelf, I've got, what is it, 100 computers? It's a tabletop book. I think I showed you that. Maybe not. Where it's just, it's just professional photography of like the early 100 computers and their um, specs I, and whatnot. I, I, it's mostly 80s. I want to, and I want to make it clear that if you're, you are very selective, if a book is on your shelf, it's because it's either one in use. Mm-hmm. Or two, it has made an impact. Oh, this is You're, this just came out a couple of years ago. I know, but what I'm saying yeah, yeah. is the oh, fact yeah. that it's on your shelf for me. Yes, when I'm on, when I'm up there and I look at the bookshelf, yeah. I look and say, okay, these are the this is the impact reading or viewing. You know, if it wasn't that a big yeah, of a I deal mean, for you, if it was a passing fancy, then the book, you know, you don't throw away books. It goes no, to half. No, price, it's, it's you know, yeah. Yeah, no, that is true. I do. I do have price. That's true. But I, you, you go. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. This is it's a. Oh, there it is. It's a beautiful tome of history because, I mean, so much of this is the eighties, right? And yeah. and you look and you look back and 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 you look at how people were looking forward, right? Like think about Star Wars and think about and this has been a challenge, I think, for their designers. And yet, even in the twenty twenties somehow this still works visually part of it's just the associations we have with it but it still works think of star wars and all the dials and knobs 
that were going to, you know, that, that allowed people to jump through hyperspace. And yet there was forward thinking. People bought it, right? You look at the, the bridge, uh, the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and it's like, okay, is there even a computer here? But, but yet it resonates. It makes sense, right? In Star Trek, whatever the hell Ahura was doing with that thing in her ear, it still looked very futuristic. And I mean, my God, that was in the in the 60s but then by the movies it was the bridges were really looking forward well i mean let's be honest what she was wearing what she was using in the 60s became our bluetooth in the you know the early part of the 2000s literally you know yeah there were there were actually bluetooth headsets that were designed like the one ohura used in the original series yes because they wanted that because and, and that comes to the fact that in the middle 80s, 87 to be exact, you know, we saw this transition from the Star Trek movies mm-hmm. to amounted, what amounted to a new TV series. Yes. That it literally said the next generation, and, which, which was our which generation. Was for the, yeah, it was, it yeah. was funny. It's, if you look at it, it's yeah, yes, the next generation of Star Trek heroes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the next generation of viewership. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and look at the offshoots. I mean, all of our, all of our smart home assistants from Amazon, Google, Apple, everyone, right? Bezos said, look, we were trying to have the TNG computer, right? Well, right. The goal is that Majel Barrett takes you through your day by, by <laughs> voice, right? You can even like, you can switch your dots, instead of responding, and I don't want to say it because then the one in my office will wake up and ask you what I need. But, uh, you know, instead of saying, Alexa, then uh, you can you set it to say computer. And when we first, when we got our first dot, right, because we now have seven, when we got our first dot. You have more than I do, by the I, way. Which is amazing. Um, yeah. We got it. And I'm like, I said to my wife, we can't change the call word to computer because in this house, she'd be waking up all of the time. I mean, how many times we use that? You know, but going back to, I want to go back to Star Trek TNG for a sec, because you brought us there. Yeah. Because another formative element for many of us, and I realize this might be more formative for many of us who are men in our 40s than for those who are women or non-binary in their 40s. And that's unfortunate, but it was still, TNG, like everything, was still a product of its time, for better and worse. But, and I was just thinking about this uh, several days ago, maybe a week ago, because of all the wonderful Trek out there, and because, you know, I'm totally addicted to, to Picard season two, um, I was thinking, you know, who, who were the models? Well, I, as a kid, I looked up to, and I mean this, and I wanted to emulate Picard and Data. Just like in the original, we grew up, not with the original series, we grew up with the movies, the original films, which let's face it, were so much better than the original series, right? Talk about having matured and had these beautiful stories. Um, not, not so much, not so I much. I think the uh, movies made, made TNG possible. Oh, without question. Like yeah, you know. without question. Who from the movies? I I really idolize Spock, but from TNG, you know who do you who do I want to be like? Who do I want to model? Picard and Data for related but different reasons. However, whom did I wish I were? Hands down, Wesley Crusher. 
Oh, hands course. up. You and, I, you and I talk about this, right? We talk about this mm-hmm. with some of the guys. And I'm dead serious. Wesley got a bad rap. It, it, it really delights me to no end to see Will Whedon, who's like within a year or two of us, right? Running the ready room. It's just so wonderful to see him in the fold and to see some Wesley presence back in Star Trek because in 87, what, so when the show came out, we were both 12, right? Yep, yep we were yep. both 12. So, uh, September no, of- uh, I was 13 because I, I'm a January birthday, so- No, 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 no. Um, you, you, you were, it came out September of 87. Yeah, and in oh, January oh, of 87, no. I turned 13. So, I'm sorry, and so- or did it come out earlier? It was in August. I sorry. Okay, so you were thirteen. I was either twelve or thirteen. But we were mind. twelve or thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So, but so, but Wesley was like what fourteen? I mean, so basically, yeah. Wesley had. I mean, he Wesley was a prodigy, to quote the Traveler, much like Mozart, but with warp field theory. And I remember hearing that for the first time watching it, and I remember just like, oh. I want that life. I, and you know what? I didn't, I'll be quite honest with you at that point. My mom is, my mother is the one she deserves the credit for introducing me and, and curating my love of sci-fi. I mean, mm-hmm. we, she's, she's the one that took us to the theater to see that flash Gordon in the theater. She's the one that took us to see Dune. And you yes. won't remember this. She's the one that took us to the theater to see ice pirates. Go look that one up. I'm going to have um, to look that up. I'm looking that up right now. Keep talking. Yeah, you're going to have to look that up. Um, but I didn't watch TNG when it came out. At that point in my life, at the 12, 13 level, I was so involved with music and with other things. Oh, sorry. Um, I just looked at Ice Pirates. That's a blast from the past. Yeah, isn't it? Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Um, I was, no, no. It, it, for those of you who are, who are listening to this, go look up Ice Pirates and go watch it. Oh, um, yes. But and that came up just recently just the the movie did i haven't watched it obviously i haven't seen it probably in probably since i watched it in the mid 80s or came it came out um i'm guessing no one has to go on no no probably not um but i didn't watch it until later when you and i um really were talking yeah i did not watch tng now i watched the movies oh religiously religiously generations didn't come out until we were in college yeah. jokes aside but, uh for star trek five we'll just skip over that one yeah keep going. oh final frontier didn't got a bad rap i mean other than the fact that god was an alien that wanted to crush spock but um why would god need a starship yeah they was there were, there is a someone just had a meme on twitter about that that i thought was funny <laughs> that sidebar but um i didn't understand watching it later Mm-hmm. why Will Wheaton's character got a bad rap because I thought it was an enjoyable character. I thought obviously there was some little hijinks here and there, but I mean, you can't play a 14 year old and not have that. Um, obviously you had Ashley Judd show up as someone who was right around his age. You had so and- many cameos on yeah. TNG. You go back yeah. now and it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you can see, you know, like like Jeffrey Combs is a character that you know he came on as Wayun, just keeps he, coming back and back and back and back. Yeah, and I love him as an actor. He's such mm-hmm. a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you had all these cameos from people that started in TNG yeah, and then transcended into films yeah. and into other series. But, but I never understood the bad rap is what I'm saying. I never I, understood I, it. I thought he was a, I thought he was a, he was a good character. You know, there's, there's the classic line of Picard. This is early seasons Picard saying, shut up, Wesley on the bridge. And I remember yeah. thinking that was really funny at the time, but I didn't think anything of it. And it's only in the past few years that I've come to read just how hurtful it's been for Will Whedon of people still using that line um, oh, yeah. to, to like shut him down, which is, which is unforgivable. But, you know, so, I mean, I've thought about Star Trek a lot over the years, but I've honestly never until this very moment, until this very moment realized, had the insight that Wesley Crusher helped to draw me in as a kid to TNG uh, because I've, I've because TNG has been with me for so much of my life and Star Trek's been with me my entire life. Um, and so like, I remember going downstairs to what we just happened to, it, it was during our, our families, we're not going to have a TV upstairs. We're just going to have a good one downstairs. I remember going downstairs to watch it on the 20 seven inch or maybe it was 29 inch rca tube which was a monster at the time the nicest tv by far we'd ever had it was gorgeous well and it was and a nice tv for most people that it time. was it i mean yeah. it was you know it was definitely on sale i mean my parents but it was a I'd major tv i had at that age yeah. was 19 and 19 yeah it was a major so. major upgrade um there had been some changes and uh and so i remember we would go downstairs and i remember being 13 and, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I remember saying when my dad asked what I thought, when my parents asked what I thought, like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I like it, but but the Enterprise D, it looks pretty fake. It's clearly computerized. You know, what did I know? Right, because, you know, we reject what's new. But I fell in love with the show, but I, I only now realize that in the initial transition from the films of the original series, of the original cast to TNG, Wesley Crusher was a was a big influence for me. It, it helped the transition because I loved the character. Yeah, looking back, it doesn't hold up quite as well. But but come on, they were writing for a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. And and he was supporting cast, not one of the big three. But still, See, I, I thought, like the I, Wesley episodes. I still do. I, and and I thought that they that that he moved off of that just when things were really getting interesting, you know, with the Which traveler. Was his choice. I would have yeah. loved, oh my God. I'm still, I still, I just, please, if any, whoever is involved with Picard, we know you're not listening because you have good taste and judgment. But if you are, please bring back Wesley Crusher just for a cameo, just to be able to say somehow, his character remains in canon and please don't put him in a wedding wearing a Starfleet uniform and then cut it. And then, well, there was the one little scene. Yeah. And then cut his lines. Right. It's it's, he was still in it. Technically he's, he's in nemesis. Right. But, but he went with the traveler show us, show us, right. He had a vision quest, put him back in canon. Let him do, I mean, come on, even each before his untimely demise, made it into Starfleet. Show us Wesley in the future doing something important. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, and and Will, 
because you won't ever listen. I can call you just will, <laughs> um, you know, um, if they offer, please accept. Well, you know, you he know. will though. He's, he, he's, he said he's totally game for anything. anything I know, but I just, I'm just, oh I'm asking God. him for all of us in our forties, all of us who were fans, whatever gender, race, creed, validate our generation. Yes. Get yes. on, get online and then kick Picard's caboose and show him who's boss. You can't you tell him to shut yeah. shut up, Jean-Luc. At um, the very least, let's get into Lower Decks. Oh, I would pay would good be money. There. I mean, yeah. you know, O'Brien got a cameo of all cameos of sorts. We can we can do better with former Ensign Crusher slash Traveler thing. And remember, a lot of what happened to him is non-canon after he leaves with the Traveler. People have written books that, or, you know, he was an, he was a lieutenant, you know, he was an, he moved into engineering, you know, what we would like to know what officially in canon Mm -hmm. has happened to him Mm -hmm. in that time between the end of TNG and in effect 2401. Um, Because it brings us back to the 80s. And I, I don't mean that nostalgically. I mean, it brings us right now, you and me, Brad, back to the 80s of it was such a, a heady time when it came to creativity, when it came to forward thinking, when it came to really thinking the skies, well, more than the skies, the limit, right? And we saw it in popular culture writ large, and we saw it in, in academic and scientific culture, and we saw it in literary culture, and we're still feeling the positive ripples today in, in, in troubling times as a reminder that, no, there, there, will be, there will be these errors again. We're lucky that we got to grow up in one of them. Well, I think, and I think, I know we're, we're going to wrap up soon, but, um, and move to the GM corner, but I still, I would, I would still have a great debate about how let's be honest the 90s were a struggle you know um from a pop culture perspective the the music had gotten more dark um mm-hmm. you know it we we saw changes but I, let's be honest it was you know apple fell on hard times and that was kind of had a vibe, 90s vibe to it people look at the 80s as a you know for those who are younger as an idealized you know, again, a idealized version of, you know, yeah. of being a and, kid, being a teenager. And I, you know, I'll, if we're still doing this eight years later, yeah. Um, if you're listening to this eight years later, kudos to you, mm-hmm. um, find us and remind us, it will be interesting eight years from now, whether we're talking on here or talking elsewhere and looking back and saying, and seeing how much of the eighties imp- was, you know, how much of a stamp the eighties were. Mm-hmm. on the 2020s i would argue it's going to be a lot because trip you know typically you have us recycling centuries or decades in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the 80s i've been due for a recycling yeah and in pop culture i'm really starting to see it and to be clear as we transition here everybody to be clear brad and i are not idealizing the 80s by any means we you no. and i talked about this before we, we yes. hit record we're simply acknowledging the wonder of creative thought and expression and and all those things that happened in and proximal to the 80s. It, it was a time that continues to affect us and especially looking through the lens of RPGs and real life. Go back to almost any one of our 
former 45 episodes. And it will not be hard to look for the influences, closer distant, of the 80s. With that, let's mosey over to the GM corner and and take a little time there. What, my friend, uh, has been on your mind, table, or bookshelf as of late? So there is... Um, I've read this series multiple times. I do it, tend to do it like every other year. Um, and I was due. So one of my favorite authors is actually out on Twitter. We follow him and, and mm-hmm. his name is Harry Turtledove. Yeah. And I've talked about him before. Oh yeah. And good story behind how I just by chance connected with him online for another day. It is. It's but a he wrote story. a, yeah, it's a, it's in, it is. So timeline 191 is kind of the unofficial um, name of a series of 12 books Jeez. that go from the 1880s through to the end of World War II to 1945. And the premise behind it is that um, due to, in effect, almost a slip of a pen, figuratively, the Confederacy, one little change he made and the Confederacy won the war. Right, right. And now you have two countries on in this area that we call the United States and that were adversarial yep. from the 1860s all the way to the 1940s. Oh, interesting. And it tells the stories through the 1900s and what Abraham Lincoln did through the World War years, one and two, and then at the end. And one of the premises in the books is um, because Lincoln, air quote, lost the war, um, the Republicans became a maligned party, no commentary about present. And um, Lincoln ended up um, exiting the party and taking a lot of folks with him to what became the Socialist Party. And so the two parties in the United States were the Socialist Party and the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party was the Conservative Party. Okay, the Socialist okay. Party, the Socialist Party had won. United States was more of a, a, in effect, a air quote, left-winged country. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way the countries lined up with each other for the wars and everything like that is very different than what we've experienced. It's a fascinating, um, you know, creative four trilogies. Mm. And so I am, I have started to read through it again. Nice. Um, And I also got, because I think I downloaded it, um, I had already owned it, but I downloaded it back to my Kindle. Yeah. I got it. A, I got a credit from Amazon towards a f- certain few Harry Turtle Dove books. Nice. So I picked up a new one on the Kindle as well that I will get to after I'm done reading this timeline 191. And there's, there's a couple different, I think it's called settling accounts. There's a number of different versions of what people call it. Harry didn't write it and put a series name by it. Um, so I don't really think of it as a series name. I, think of it as what i just explained all right so that's what i that's what's on my that's what i've been reading um and haven't really done a whole i've told you i haven't done a ton of gaming but mm-hmm. you ping you ping me i think yes or was it today or yesterday where you said i i'm kind of itching to play oh that la- yesterday last night i i've been i'm itching again it's been a while because we've been so deep in some other games and some other projects i i'm itching to play star wars again um I think, in fact, I think since you brought it up, I think we're going to, you had suggested we try to revive our Facebook thread. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ping you tonight on that thread. 
with an update and we're just going to see what happens. And I will, I will take a set of uh, narrative dice upstairs and keep them at my table now again. Yeah. Or, so. or, um, well, I mean, I like the physical dice, but also um, the app. I know the dice scroller online is, is the, the app is really cool. Yeah. But I like, actually, I like having the dice too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so that's actually not so much what's been on my mind as of late. So, uh, as, so as we record this and as this drops, um, there are a bunch of books that really have piqued my attention. Uh, I, I most recently ordered, I most recently ordered the high magic source book, uh, a third a third party source book that that wizards was promoting and um uh we've 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 tweeted about it uh for for the podcast but but man is that it's just so interesting i'm not going to say a whole lot now but it's so interesting it's so well written and it just it like totally makes into a science high magic and um and for me in my head canon it fits beautifully kind of nestled between candle keep and strixhaven um on that note there are some dnd and not dnd books that are piquing my curiosity that one has big time because enough that i bought it but also um, rather recently announced, not, uh, uh, well, I mean, announced about a month ago, but it's not coming out till June, uh, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. Uh, it is an adventure compilation from Wizards. Uh, oh, I, yes, I was behind. Yes. Okay. So, oh, so yeah, cause we haven't actually talked about it cause it's been, yeah, bad, yeah, it's been busy the past few days, especially, um, you and I have not talked about this, but it's an adventure compilation and that in and of itself doesn't intrigue me, but what does intrigue me is it yep. is written entirely by BIPOC authors. The all, I want to say 16 stories. And it's just, say, a, just explain what BIPOC is. Oh, some people, uh, 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 black indigenous people of color. It's, it's one of okay. the unfortunate catch-alls, none of which I really like, but essentially it's, it's all, it's to, 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 well, to use, to use its own, its own language. Um, I, again, I think it's 16 stories all written by black and brown creatives, right? No white authors. And, and um, this is an almost 50 years of DD history. And, um, and this is, this will be canon. And it's just, it's just super cool. And also this whole notion of the radiant circle um, as we record, not much is known about this. It, um, how did I put it to you? I think I texted you something about this, but we haven't talked yet. It has a, uh, oh, my, my girls would, would, would be so disappointed in me right now. Uh, what's, uh, what was, what's the Thor movie that takes place on the futuristic planet um, with Jeff Goldblum? Is that two or three? Oh, that's um, Ragnarok. Right, the Ragnarok things. That's the that's the. Yeah. I, I like that one. That's that that, that go. That's just that's fun. Um, I kind of get a Ragnarok vibe from what we know about this book. I know that's a loose a loose association, but it's there. The other thing that intrigues me is, um, uh, Evil Hat is has been announcing just some really interesting things. There's a an improv for players guide. Um, again, I haven't been able to hold this yet. 
but I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, I'm just curious. I know that, um, I will say this as we start to wrap up. I, I, we have no inside info. When we interview folks, no. um, I've mentioned before, we don't ask. Um, and by doing that and actually allowing a platform, I think it makes people comfortable enough to talk. Um, yeah, right. You know, so, so, you know, that being said, I'm, I'm saying this just with conjecture without any inside info. Yeah. Um, um, I had to read Jason. Jason always gives me feedback on via text <laughs> as they and, pull the fourth wall back again. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. It, it, I'm not going to say what it said. Cause it wasn't, it's benign. Oh no. But, when I'm displeased with the audio quality, I give ads up. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I'm using, I'm using my, you're playing my, with your watch, my Garmin Fenix. Cause my phone's sitting over yes. there. I get notification. Oh. But when I, when I read it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll break the yeah. um, thing. It said, you, you've heard a lot of clicking or you've been clicking a lot. Oh, funny. Um, and I don't know if there's, if it's something does it, that does it vibrate when you get a message? Yeah, I get, yeah. It, it's, I turn it's, the sound off. So I think it's vibrating the table and it picks up on the mic. Well, I haven't, I have oh, the, oh, well, the only message I, I've gotten I, is from you. Oh, I but don't when know. I read it. Oh, I'm, this funny. Is, this, I'm not going to get too far into it, but yeah, I didn't read clicking correctly so um we'll on that note on. we're I, going to end this episode yeah, no, no, no. quickly yeah, no 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 i just before we go i don't have inside info but i am really really looking forward to what modifius has in store for us the remainder of oh. 2022 i mean the stuff that's um, just been coming out in the past month yeah i mean oh, all man. these new character yeah. these character guides yeah mission i briefs. am waiting yep yeah i am waiting to see what they're going to publish in um if they in, ever in, actually in, ship my player's handbook is so it not shipped yet it still hasn't shipped yet uh if well, they i know ever i know that, jim 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 johnson yeah who's the project manager yeah hadn't gotten his copy yeah right either, uh time. which doesn't help me at all playing this game if it, if they no. ever ship it then the day that picard book drops which we just assume it will is the day I order that Picard book. Let me tell oh, you. Yeah. 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 So, I, I am. Yeah. Man. I am excited. I want to see some more Romulan stuff. I want to see mm -hmm. some discovery stuff. Yep. I want to see some Picard stuff. And so, Hey, yeah. edge studio. I mean, let's let, we, we get that. It's a lot to get started up, but come on edge studio. Come on. Asmodee. Um, with the new shows. Oh, there's so much new Canon that we would love to see in some source books or whatever. I mean, please take our money. I would, I would honestly be willing to pay for a new Tatooine source book between uh, what we've seen now on Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett. I mean, and, and then with, with, with the upcoming uh, Obi-Wan, I mean, oh man. That's what, you know, I wish they would, I, I would love to see a Canon source book that gives us backstory on Yoda and Grogu's race. They're what they are, where they come from. I, um, I, I actually, yeah. I hypothesize they are never going to reveal it. I think that oh, I don't, I don't things. think they yep. will. I don't yeah. think they'll ever, I don't think they're ever going to talk about the wills or maybe they aren't the wills. That's not Canon. We don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, there's, there's a long list. We've been looking back at the wonder, the creative wonder of the eighties, and we're grateful to be with all of you to be able to look forward at just the equal creativity in the role-playing game world that continues to come out and impress and, 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 and edify us. There is so much coming out these days. And it is so diverse in perspective. It is so diverse in thought and creativity. And, you know, the designs and the printings are better than they've ever been. Uh, we've said it before. We'll say it again. What a wonderful time to be able to engage in RPGs and use them to reflect on real life. As always, be well, stay well. Uh, this second year of the podcast, look forward to us being in touch. See you next week. 